Good afternoon, Mavet listeners. This is Keith coming at you from the Camera Social Studios. And today we are speaking with Matt and how he's dealing with breast cancer as a man, a son, husband, and a father. You know, just a little backstory. So why we started this podcast segment in October was because Keith has a partnership with um, Brides Against Breast Cancer, BABC. You'll learn a little bit more about what they do as you listen to the, continue listening to the segments. But Tracy, she's one of my colleagues and works here with us very closely. And last year she had a scare when she was notified that she had breast cancer and she went all through the trials and tribulations of what everyone goes through. So today we're going to get Matt's perspective, as Keith said, a husband, father, et cetera. And then later on, on the other segments, you'll get to hear Tracy's point of view from that as well. So I think we have a really, really interesting conversation, topic conversation coming up today with Matt. I agree. So make sure you guys continue to listen and subscribe. Thanks for listening. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Thank you again for, for being here. Mm-hmm. We were with you and, and Tracy when, you know, we, you know, she received the unfortunate news and everything. And so we just kind of just wanted to to talk about that, the the good, the bad, and just kind of dealing with that because I'm sure it's one of those things where it's, it's unexpected. You never really want to get that, that phone call. Those are things you cannot really prepare for. And I can only imagine that there's a, um, a loss for words. There's that silence of, oh shit, what am I going to do? You know, possibly kind of thing. So what were your thoughts on yeah, breast question. cancer? Yeah, good question. So <clears throat> my mother actually had breast cancer. And my mother's a very strong woman. Well, she was a very strong woman. And she was the type of person who just took care of business. It wasn't that she didn't want anybody to know her business but she treated it in a manner that was almost like don't worry about it it's not a huge deal I got this even even as a young man when when she got the diagnosis I mean it she she kept it fairly quiet what I did I mean when I when I really kind of found out what was going on by that time she was already in chemo that's been my experience uh, has been with a very strong woman. I mean, you, you guys know Tracy. She's a very strong woman. My mom, I mean, <clears throat> we treated it, uh, you know, as, as siblings, just how she, however she wanted it to be. And so when she lost all of her hair and was wearing her wig, I would walk up behind her and just kind of rub her head, rub her wig, and it would move, and she'd call me a brat. And we'd chuckle about it, and we'd move on with our lives. She beat it, you know. Uh, so that's been, you know, up until Tracy got her diagnosis, that was my experience really with it over, over time. So, you know, when every, everyone's wearing pink in October, you know, before that was kind of like a, yeah, okay, I, I, I get it. Not just another month, I guess. <clears throat> but at the same time, it didn't hold the same significance to me that someone else that's going through it or has gone through it. It was more like, yeah, no, my mom had breast cancer, so I guess technically there's a history, but she beat it. I mean, she didn't have a mastectomy or anything like that. I mean, it was just, 
and it was all done without very with very little uh, for me to even worry about. My experience was, well, I mean, it's breast cancer. Is it that big of a deal? Yeah. <laughs> you grow up, you get married, and then when the call comes, you know, there's a, okay, that's, what do we do? Being fortunate to have a very strong woman that I'm tied to the hip at, she was already, you know, making calls, doing what she's got to do because that's just what she does. She gets the call, and I actually was interviewing for another position at the time. I made the decision to not pursue it because it was going to be a lot of travel. It was going to be a lot of time away from home. And so from that perspective, she needed she needed support. You know, she's a strong woman, but every, every even if when you're really strong, you need the support. You know, I go back to my mom. The only person to ever see her without her wig on, you know, when she was going through all that, was my sister. I never saw her with her wig off. I shuffled it along, <laughs> made fun of her. Always told her that her problem, because she was divorced uh, most of my life. I always told her, you know what you need, Mom? You need a man. She just, oh, you little bastard. That was just kind of how we, we goofed with each other. So even when she was going through all that, nobody's died. Nobody's going to die. This is just something else that you have to get through. And so that kind of carries over. And, and Tracy had you know heard a lot of the stories. We were very fortunate in terms of it was stage zero, one, whatever you want to call it. It's sort of like the early detection. It's, it's the early detection. This is the sort of scenario where you go, okay, you know what? Early detection, you know, maybe, maybe you should go ahead and, and do the things that they tell you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, even us guys, you know, you play with your boobs. You feel a lump because we can get breast cancer too. Did you learn more about that going through the situation about how men can? A, a little bit. A little bit, but only only the uh, the tidbits that that Tracy would throw my way. I mean, again, she's a research expert. <laughs> you know, you 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 point her at something, uh, or don't even point her at something. Mm-hmm. You know, just mention that you're interested in something, and sh- and she will go figure it out, and she will give you 15 different options, and then you'll say, "Well, I want that option." Are you sure you want that option because of other options X, Y, and Z? Exactly. I learned a little bit as far as that goes, but. Really, for the most part, it was her, what she was going through. And from diagnosis to surgery, I mean, it was really only, what, hell, a month and a half? Like six weeks or so? Any real irritations that we've had that I've seen her go through have really been along the lines of the uh, the medical providers. We like to think that... You know, everybody cares, and, and you know, they, they kind of care. Some doctors are better than others because everyone's human, but it's also a business. We don't like to acknowledge the fact that it's a business. And so there's, in business, you have people who do the right thing and people who won't do the right thing. I believe, I think Tracy, I mentioned she was seeing one doctor, and then I think she went to another one, which was, you know, a little bit more genuine to her needs and care. Um, more someone that was more receptive mm-hmm. and really understood what she was going through. But like you said, it is a business. Mm-hmm. And so it's then once you get that diagnosis, trying to find the right process, the support team, and which includes the care team of, of those doctors. And so it's new for people. Well, and that's, so. that's very true. Uh, and then also you have some doctors who 
they know and you don't and so they are the experts and so you will do it the way they do it on their schedule and so this is what she kind of ran into with uh, with the, the first uh, the first care team if you want to call it that she is her her own best advocate you know, she does a lot of research and so I think that those those folks don't expect someone to come in doing a whole lot of research. A lot of people just go along with it. This this particular doctor, she just just couldn't handle Tracy's forceful personality with her own ad, her own advocacy. There there were issues, and she went ahead and moved on to another uh, another physician, who was was great, was absolutely great. Put her a put her at ease, listened to her, responded to the questions because I mean you get the cancer diagnosis. And especially if you're doing your own research, I mean, you know, this isn't this isn't 1970. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of information out there, and when you have have somebody who uh, researches things like Tracy does, she's she gets a lot of information. So she doesn't need um, someone to tell her because cancer is a scary thing anyway. She needs someone to have a conversation like we're having right now and I think that's part of it too is that the the, this other physician I mean it was it's a business it's in it's out you know I don't have time to 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 go over all of this with you because I'm the doctor I know best and that's just the way it is and it's been our experience and I say our because we've both seen it those physicians uh, while a lot of them are very competent. Some of them, they're just, they're so on autopilot in a lot of cases. It's not that they don't know. It's that there are details. And, and you can pick a detail, it doesn't matter, that they just overlook because their symptoms and, and all that, they, they, they follow a certain pattern. She wants to make sure, she wants to know, and so she has to have that conversation. And when, when you have a physician, and she's, and this other, the, the first physician in this case was not the only one along this path that she's run into that don't really seem to care. You get a couple that, that seem to really kind of give a shit, and then the other ones are just, I'm getting my paycheck and, yeah. and life's good. Yeah. Do you think there's doing as much research can be beneficial, or can there be a downside to it? Because when you're going in, you know, with uh, the doctor, you've done your research, you've been on Google MD and everything. And so you have this information. And then when you go to your doctor, you have these expectations because of what you what was researched on Google MD with the doctors and how they're they're treating patients. Do you look at it as a doctor issue or a insurance issue? And the reason being is because the doctor looks at it as, well, hey, I'm only going to get reimbursed for doing this part. And so they may be only limited to what they can do or say. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? You can go on to WebMD and you can see all the different various diseases that you have based on the fact that you've got a red dot right you know, on your cheek or something. You have all these various things. I feel like the, the, 
the, the doctor, the physician should be able to have that conversation with you. But, but taking more than the three and a half minutes that you're probably going to get with the physician would probably go a long way. Is it, is it the doctor? Is it insurance? I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. You know, and I think each, each doctor treats it a different way. And so you'll get some doctors who, are, who will give you all of the options and say, you know, based on your insurance, you know, this is kind of what I'm recommending. Or, you know, maybe I, I know what your insurance says, but I really feel strongly about doing this. And then you'll get others who they'll just, they'll just, they'll just check the boxes. They're doing it that way because they know they're probably not going to get anything else out of the insurance. And, and this is me speculating because yeah. I am so not in the business. It's yeah. not even. And that's what we want because that speculation as far as what we've heard, perceived, or anything like that, you know, for not being in the, in the business, is there are others that may feel the same way. So, yeah, please share. Yeah. Some doctors are motivated by, you know, cycling patients through because of the way our insurance works, sometimes that's the only way those doctors, physicians can do everything that they're going to do. And, and again, everyone has different motivations. Some are still paying off student loans. You know, some are trying to buy their second house in Malibu. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I had a dentist who, uh, he, had a, he, had a, uh, he had a Ferrari. He was a great dentist, by the way. <laughs> but he had a Ferrari, and I got to look at that when I'm sitting in the chair. The, the motivations themselves are going to vary. It's, it's almost like, you know, our scratch-off. Did you get the right doctor? Well, one in five says you're going to get the right doctor. And, but the, the, the nice thing is is that you can, just like, just like anything, you can shop it around. And so when, when in, in Tracy's case, when she had the doctor that, she had the issue with, she was able to go out and find another doctor. And I think that sometimes a, a lot of people don't realize that you can, you know, you hear, get a second opinion. That's probably stressful in itself because just getting that diagnosis, now you're going to a doctor who's not really, I would assume, empathetic. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go find some somebody, somebody else and you're already dealing with this shocking news already. You shouldn't have to try to find another doctor you should have that doctor very compassionate and understanding what you're doing i think it comes down from i I don't like filling out that paperwork all the time you know what i mean so that that sucks already like it's like damn i gotta do this all the fucking time and then it's like you go see one doctor you're paying two hundred dollars you go see this doctor paying three hundred dollars but it's like now it's you you don't understand how this interaction is going to be but now you're paying out of pocket Mm -hmm. just to go back to the other doctor because this one's even a bigger asshole doesn't even want to help so now you're out of money you spent all that time filling out the paperwork and like you're still in pain we are dealing with doctors and you know sometimes you can never really find the right one it's the same thing you, when you go take your car in mm-hmm. you can go to a different garage yeah. there's less paperwork to fill out when you're taking your car in but uh but ultimately you can go to a different garage now you know your your restrictions however with your uh, with your health insurance uh certainly uh make it more difficult. Individuals who have different plans, you know, with PPO versus a high deductible versus all of that, that just, there, there are so many calculations that it's, it's, it's difficult for some people to kind of get all of that under control. So I would be a proponent for folks who aren't like Tracy. I mean, she can, she's got it all 
all up in the air. A lot of times when you get health insurance, there'll be like a, a patient advocate service. I would encourage people to take advantage of that because that will help them a lot in terms of even finding the right doctor. When you go get a cancer diagnosis, you're going to get you know, referrals. Hey, here's four doctors you can go to to help you take care of this. Yeah. Well, well which one do I get? Which one do I use? Yeah. When, when you guys found out about everything, what was your level of involvement as far as like just doing your own research on your own time? And like, let me know, like, what, what did you look at? What are some articles you looked at? How did you initially go about you looking know, for it if you did? And then what about your daughters, right? Mm -hmm. So you guys have two kids. Yeah. What was their, like, you know, how did they feel about everything? And how did they go about, one, the involvement in it, like just helping Tracy cope? Was it more of just like a, you got this mom? Like, let, let, let you know, how sure. did that go? No, I got you. So, I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop to it, you know. Tracy did all the research. All I had to do was be the student. Mm -hmm. And she would say, well, you know, X, Y, and Z, and, and, and these are the things to expect. These are the potential complications, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, what was that? And she'd go, okay, X, Y, and Z. I mean, she was very patient with me, <laughs> considering she's the one with the yeah. diagnosis, <laughs> right? I want to say we didn't tell the girls of the potential for the diagnosis. But after the diagnosis itself, I think we told them within, and then my memory may be fuzzy, but it was fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't like as soon as she got off the phone with the doctor, she called the kids. Mm -hmm. It didn't fester. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, a month later, hey, by the way, I'm going into surgery for cancer. And so it wasn't, it wasn't like that. And they were, they were very supportive. Um, I mean, obviously, both being girls, they have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. You know, what's my risk, you know, and... and and then now they're better armed as they go through their life in terms of making sure that they get whatever preventative preventative maintenance <laughs> to and 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 to kind of keep an eye out for it that uh, you know they should they should be paying attention. They took it very well. They were very supportive, and everybody that I've talked to about it, you know, has been has been very supportive of of me, uh, but more especially of of Tracy because she she I want to say she took care. I, I what did I have to do? What did I have to do? I didn't have to do anything. I had to, I had to drive her home <laughs> after the surgery. When she was going in for radiation, well, that's a, that's a self-drive-in. Do the radiation, go to work. Okay, anything else? No, you don't need anything else from me, right? Okay, I'm good. So, I mean, as far as what did I have to do, I have a strong woman. I just needed to be there from an emotional standpoint. You've got this. If you need me to do something, I'm happy to do it. What can I do? I kept house, do some dishes. We we uh, we got married very young, and you know had kids very young. We had a very a very traditional nuclear little family going on. So I won't say that I kept house very well, or helped very well outside of the the occasional butchering of the grass on a, on a weekly or, or bi-weekly basis. That's kind of what she needs because, you know, when, when, when she was going through uh, the, the radiation, she's tired, just trying to make sure that I'm, I'm paying attention but also kind of just doing stuff to take burden off of her around the house. Again, I will not say I'm anywhere near perfect or even adequate but uh, but I did try a little bit as far as what uh, what were my responsibilities it was more of a psychological 
than anything else. I think is probably the best way to term it. Emotional support, that sort of thing. She didn't need me to drive her to radiation. She didn't need me to drive her to appointments or, or anything like that. And this is like nothing you could really prepare for, right? What would you say? Like, I mean, give, give an advice to me to other guys out there that are married. What I mean. Yeah, and, you know, because if another father, husband were in your shoes, what can you share with them to prepare? Because they may not have a spouse that is as strong as, as Tracy is. When you got that call, what was going through your mind? Me- meaning, whether it, oh shit, what am I gonna do or anything? Because some guys may get that, you know, they may get, get that initial reaction. And so what was yours? And again, I know you have you know, a strong wife that really did everything, but for somebody who is not in that, that position, you know, what really went through your mind when you got that call? There was no woe is me. Any advice, if I follow along the happy trail that, that we went down that, that path, it's a let's start doing the things that we need to do. And that's always been how we've uh, attacked various emotional speed bumps in our life. It's just a, okay, this, this bad thing happened, and I'm going to process however emotionally however I need to process but at the same time I need to do something so what's the next step for her the next step was okay who's the next doctor I need to go see and and get that worked out and then after that okay so I'm, I'm talking to this doctor okay what's our next step to deal with this situation I think the worst thing you could do is sit there and, and woe is me and wallow in self-pity you have to be at least as strong as them, mm-hmm. and in terms of trying to make sure that they know, they have to know, not just be told, but know that you've got their back. You're in their corner. I, I can think of a thousand cliches, but the point is, is that you're, you're there for them, you're there to help them with whatever they need. And then from that perspective, if the individual has a terrible time keeping appointments or finding doctors, well then, you know, then you have to pick up that slack. The first key hurdle to get over is that emotional, oh shit, oh, this, is, this is actually a thing that we've got to deal with. It really is just like any of the other things that you deal with in your life. Death of somebody very close to you, whether it's a family member, a friend, or whatever. It's the same thing, and especially when you're the one that has to not just hear about it, but deal with the fallout when my mom died, when my grandmother died. Guess who gets to deal with all of the paperwork? Deal with getting all of the, the funeral arrangements made. Deal with just, there's a thousand and one things that nobody even knows what to do until they're suddenly confronted with it. And it goes back to that same thing with, okay, well, what's, what's the next thing I gotta worry about? And just kinda, you string enough of those together <laughs> And you get through it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You go back to the, the phys- physician aspect of it. And even now, we, we deal with some that, that care and some that I'm just wanting you to check in so I can get my copay mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll move on with our lives. But it's life. That's, that's what you deal with in life. And so it's a, a cancer diagnosis while devastating and, and again, I've been fortunate with, with all of these in that both of the cancer diagnoses I've been 
even tangentially connected to have been non-terminal. So I have no experience watching somebody go through a terminal experience with that. I, I don't even know what that's like. I expect that that's pretty awful. But at the same time, you, you get through it. As uh, men, and I'll really speak for myself, is we're not very emotional. And, you know, I probably will ask Tracy the same question. How were you there to provide that emotional support that was needed? Was it just listening? It's just, you know, just being at the appointments and everything. So, because again, you know, me, I'm not that emotional sometimes. So it's like, you know, well, how can I, because, you know, I can have somebody come home and tell me about their day. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, uh-huh. I told you that bitch crazy. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> always going to be, you know, talking about somebody. But so how do you manage that emotional support that you knew that she needed? Also with that, because I think you kind of answered what KP was asking a little bit when you said, you know, you do the dishes and stuff like that. But I would say, in addition to what he's asking, when she was down, what did you have to do to bring her up? In our case, there are ways that we deal with that sort of emotional upheaval together. And this was no different. It was listening. In, in our relationship, I learned a long time ago not to try and solve her problems. She, What she's looking for is someone to listen. As you talk about it more, it's not as much of the reason that it gave you pause in the first place. You've kind of worked that out in your head. You kind of get that comfort exactly. just by knowing it's it, it's it's communicated, right? You talked exactly. about it. You let me know all your worries. Mm-hmm. You told me it's going to be okay. It's communicated. Yeah. And I think that, know, that brings comfort. You know, you, you've got this. I mean, it's, at that again, that's a cliche as well, but it is still a, a, a reiteration, reinforcement that the individual is strong enough to handle it and where you need help. I will try and recognize where you need help. But I also need you to tell me. Sometimes I, you know, I lack the chromosomal fortitude to know when you need something specific. So please let me know if you do. And I also forget because I have a really short memory. So I won't take offense if you remind me about it too. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> so you know, but but again, it's it really is just what we always did, yeah. which is to say we would we would talk about it. And how, what form would that take? It could be sitting on the couch, you know, watching some TV, or it could be something where we're just out walking the dog, because that's one of the things that we like to do is we both get home around the same time, and so we'll walk the dog. And as we're walking the dog, we'll go over our days. We'll just go over just the random minutia of our lives and, and chat about it. And that gives us a chance to get it off our chest, as it were, and just just talk it out and, and talk ourselves out yeah you know because sometimes that's what you need to uh, do. yeah it's very important you know you just you just need to talk yourself out i just need to get it out yeah. you know call it venting call it raging call it whatever you want but you just you need to talk and somebody needs to listen that's absolutely true because man sometimes and, and sometimes you have all this whatever in you and you just that air you just need to let that shit out mm-hmm. mark's going to make it no, I'm not. No, it's the tr- it's the truth, you know. I I tell Keith, man, when he turns 55, like I I kept all this bottled up hate for him. Sometimes, you know, all these jokes he says about me. So I'm like, you know, 
you're not old yet, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to treat you like old man. When you turn 55, man, I'm just going to have to slap the shit out of you. Just, you know, just to let it all out. Just. Are you worried about the arthritis? Yeah. No. I just don't, you know. Actually, kick my ass right <laughs> I want to make sure he can't come back. You know, when he's 55, <laughs> his, his, his hook may be a little slower. You need to wear a guard's camera. <laughs> no, like but sometimes you just gotta let it out. I don't know. But hey, she also told us. She she told me uh, the other day you got her uh, a new Goonies flag. She's pretty. She was really excited about that. You know, it's uh, <laughs> that's been one of the uh, the things about uh, our the, the when we bought the house. It had a flagpole in the back. I'm like, what flags do you put up? What do you even put up back there? I got the American flag in the front, so I got that covered. For Christmas, the first year we lived in the house, my youngest daughter got her a flag that just says freak on it. Mm-hmm. And so when swim season started, we, we raised the flagpole. We, put our, we had our freak flag going on. Yeah. Well, last Christmas, I got another freak flag because those things, I mean, they're out in the, the Texas sun and mm-hmm. they, just, they just wear out, especially, yeah. a, especially a, a flag that's black because it's yeah. a black flag with white letters. So it wears out. It's, and and uh, I think that one actually also got caught in the tree a little bit. It was shredded. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, you know, we're getting the end of swim season now, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just get the flag mm-hmm. for next swim season because mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about taking it down. I was like, you know, we should get another flag. Mm-hmm. We should get another flag to fly that's not swim season. And so it's a uh, – it is. It's a skull and crossbones. It's Sloth's skull, so it's lopsided. And uh, it says, Goonies never say die. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, uh, I like it. Yeah, Marcus may not know about the Goonies, you know, because, again, millennials, they just don't know about the, the good quality films that are out there, so. Man, I ain't gonna lie, man, Sloth used to scare me until until they came off the boat. He's like, hey, you guys. I was like, he's friendly as hell, man. Sloth loves chunk, buddy. Sloth loves chunk. <laughs> Oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt, but I, I thank you, man, for coming in and joining and just sharing your insight on everything. And you, you hit a lot, a lot of key points. Did you miss anything that, you know, you may want to share as well? Or? Probably one of the other things that, that we've run into is that, and you can say some of it is pandemic-related in terms of the lack of follow-up yeah. by some of the physicians, but... You can only go so far with that, especially you start talking like lymphedema and whatnot. There are certain things that you have a high percentage chance. I don't know, I don't know if you'd call it a complication or what. The, the follow-up for some of the physicians seems to be lacking. And then it goes back to our insurance regime that we, we live under in terms of uh, deductibles and, and out-of-pocket maxes. And so... If it doesn't all happen, you know, God forbid you get your diagnosis late in the year. Probably the one other thing that we would have done because she found out about it late August-ish. Surgery was early October. I think that she probably would have pushed surgery to January if she had known about certain other things that may or may not be necessary mm-hmm. again strategically mm-hmm. so I mean that's the other thing that that some people don't realize is that 
you can be strategic about, you know, just because you get the cancer diagnosis. I, I love my wife to death, and she is, she's, a, she's a go-getter. She's a bull in the china shop. You guys have seen it. The benefit of hindsight is that she wouldn't just rushed and she would have slowed down a little bit, gotten a, 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 the surgery in a January or February time frame, would have had more time to see what some of the other potential complications are that, again, strategically are can be very expensive. And so if you've already hit your, your deductible, well, you're, you're more inclined to do some of the other, the other things that they, the doctors want you to do. So that would probably be the other thing that I would throw out there to people. And she would, she would say the same thing. You gotta be smart about it. You, you can't be all emotional. Yes, you wanna, you wanna kinda string those things together, but you can be smart about it and try and be strategic about it. So, but again, that's where some of the either Someone who has, I don't want to say, you know, the will and the intelligence to do it, or if you've got some type of patient advocate that can help walk you through it uh, to see what some of the implications are. So from a, from a cost standpoint, you know, because even with all of that, with a cancer diagnosis, I think ultimately we got off pretty easy. That would be probably my last word on it as far as just making sure that you're smart about all that. That's all. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting how you say that because we are aware of breast cancer awareness in October, which is late, late in the year. There should be those ongoing reminders for January, February, getting tested and, and doing other things. So there should be something more done about about cancer research and education, oh, early yeah. detection. I so. yeah, for sure. I've had a great time. Thank you. No, I I did too. Uh, the scratch off was fun. Yeah, so you really ought to do that. Yeah, right? something new. You know, yeah. it, I don't know who Lauren is, but thank you for yeah. you know sending that to me. I got to get Marx's blessing. We're gonna do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea, and you know, thanks for you know being the first one to do that for us, and thanks for being our our, our first session for what we plan on doing for October and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and hopefully we can continue doing it and continue educating and letting people know that there are other resources, the support team out there for those kind of things. So. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Hey, no worries. Thank you. Thanks All for having right. me on. Hearing Matt's experience really touched on. Yeah, no, he shared some really good points. One of the points that really stand out for me is when he mentioned seeing his wife go through things and then also having to fire her doctor. Mm -hmm. And so that really stood out because, again, and let patients know that they do have choices. And even though he wasn't the recipient of that care, he did experience it with his wife and knowing that he can't fire their doctor. And, you know, he brought up another point, like kind of dealing with the unknown that no one ever really knows until they're struggling with the unknown. And then that's how you kind of learn how to deal with it. You may say, you know, I... I, I... Man, there goes Marcus getting stuck. So, yeah, so when we deal with the unknown, you know, we're dealing with a number of things, life in general. But, yeah, it was just a really good conversation, very funny, 
but also heartfelt. And everything we have going on, one of the things that we do want to pass along the message is even though we're having a segment in November about breast cancer, it should be something that we're continuing to do and educate our women and also men as well to get tested on a uh, normal basis. Absolutely. And I just want, I hope that all of our listeners were listening in close. One key thing that Matt pushed was understanding the insurance benefits and how to strategically use it. And also, I just want to note to the listeners that, you know, KP is a little bit ahead of himself. We are in October, not November. But in, in, in November segment, don't worry, we got something special for you guys too. So he's just a little bit excited. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that podcast with Matt. And we got a lot more to come, so stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe, and thanks for listening.